to be all things for all, so that some may be saved. Of course, it's only the grace of God that can save anyone, but God uses us as tools, as the privileged people who get to be ambassadors of God's great love, God's great gifts. But life will be a drudgery and is a drudgery when we think negative thoughts. So many of us, because of original sin, are prone to think negativity, thinking negative about somebody, judging somebody, for example. Think of what happened in our, so often in social media, all this negative energy. Negativity builds negativity. It builds a drudgery of life that can be filled with anxiety, fear, discouragement, depression, anxiety. All those things that want to steal the life out of us. But if God can cure those who are ill, if he can drive out demons, why can't he heal us? Obviously, he can heal us. We just simply need to be open to it. And we need to be humble enough to rely upon the grace of God so that God's grace enters into us and we can lose the focus on ourselves. The reason things look so dark for Job in the first reading is he was looking at all the bad things of life without seeing what God could do in his life. As we know, in a later time, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. That's conversion. And we're all on that journey of conversion. We live in a world today that is in great need of Christ, great need of the good news of the gospel. And it's you, focused missionary disciples, you students and others who have gathered today, and all of us who are called to be missionary disciples, to go out to bear the good news, but to do it in a very particular way. And St. Paul teaches us how to do that. St. Paul knew that he needed to relate to people the way that they wanted or needed to be related to. And we probably all learn that in our lives at some time or another. We think we're saying the right thing and we blotch it. It's taken totally differently. I remember once when I was a pastor and I went to see some kids who were working on something after school and I greeted one of the little kids and I said, wow, you know, you're really a neat kid. And he looked up at me and said, I'm not a kid. That's the baby of a goat. <laughs> and he was serious. Well, I would later find out from the teacher that they were studying animals. Well, of course, I had to try to recover, right? And I'm told for every one negative thing, you got to do five other, four or five other positive ones to get back on neutral ground. Think about relationships that we have. If somebody looks at us the wrong way, says the wrong thing, how do we respond after that? Are we cautious, tentative, until we can trust again? As missionary disciples of Christ, the more we are conformed unto Christ, the joy of the gospel radiates through us. Today, the world needs radiant hearts, radiant souls that are on fire with the love of God. 
souls that are receiving the grace to be virtuous, to be holy. And it's not by looking at the drudgery of our lives. Oh, I've invited all these students, and only a small portion come. All that matters is you've been faithful. You as parents and grandparents, to do all that you can to pray and to sacrifice for your children and your grandkids, but to relate to them in the way that's going to be helpful to them. Come to understand how they think and feel. First, develop the relationship with Christ and develop the relationship with others, being attentive to who they are, asking them about their journey in life, what's important to them. Once we understand the other person, how they think, how they feel, where their wounds are, we take that to the Lord, even if it's a quick interior check, and to say, Lord, how do you want me to respond? I can preach, a God, preach on something, a difficult topic, maybe respect life, and I'll get letters on both sides. Honoring and condemning. But it doesn't matter to me anymore in the way that it once did. Because life is a precious gift from God. The Ten Commandments are the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not kill. It is as simple, clear, and pristine as that. But how I teach it, how I present it, is so very important. Because in today's cultures, people have been impacted in such significant ways to think so differently. And what we need is men and women filled with loving compassion, if I go out and beat everybody up, if you will, with the sword of truth, but I lack love, what have I gained? Have I been the servant that Christ desires me to be? I love that great line that you'll attract more bees with one, sp one spoonful of honey than a barrel of vinegar. It doesn't mean that we don't waffle on the truth. We preach the gospel with conviction and with joy, but in a way that the people are able to receive it. That's what I love about junior high, high school, college students, and young adults. They want the truth. And don't we all, deep down? And yet we live in a world that's filled with so much deception, so many lies. And it's hard to know what is true. We are so very blessed as Catholics to have the truth expressed to us by God himself in Scripture and tradition. And it's our faithfulness in that, that the freedom of the gospel radiates. But how and when it's applied, that's where prudence, charity, and all the supernatural virtues and gifts that we need, God wants to give us. And so the best thing we can do as lifelong Catholic missionary disciples through God's love is to receive the love of God so that if somebody critices, criticizes us for believing what the church believes, that we know who we are 
in God. We are his beloved, adopted sons and daughters. Saved by God's grace, yes, we're sinners, but we're love sinners. So we don't focus on the negativity, even our sin of the past or the weakness of the present. No, we turn to Christ and we ask for the grace that we need and we wait. And he stretches us. He stretches us to grow in virtue. It's so fascinating to me in this gospel of how Jesus comes and, of course, is doing all these extraordinary things, all these wonderful healings, driving out demons. But then what happens? He says, time to go off and pray. And they come, the disciples come to find him, and he says, we must move on. A disciple is one who is willing to follow Christ wherever he is called or she is called. That's why as you look at your lives ahead, those of you who are in college or universities, trust God. When I was your age, I was filled with fear and anxiety, self-incrimination. I felt so awkward, so inadequate. But what I lacked was the adequacy of God. What I lacked was hope, faith, and really the understanding and the experience of what divine love does. It changes everything. It changes how we look at life. It enables us to be poor before others. It enables us to relate to others for their good and not for our own. So when someone's coming in who looks poorly kept or may have some mental health challenges, can we relate to them in the way that they're able to be related to? Can we love them where they're at and help them take one step closer to receiving love through us? That's it. And when we have those students that ask those really tough questions, can we do it in love, that it's attractive to them, that they can see the beauty of who we are as human beings, that God created us as males and females with a very, very beautiful plan for our lives. He has established our identity. It's not about us trying to create a false identity. And whether that's related to gender or anything else in our life, if we can help them discover who they are in God, all the defenses start to go down. And even those who've been deeply wounded by others. I've been so greatly privileged to journey with some survivors or victims of clergy sexual abuse. They have taught me much how to be humble, how to be patient, to realize that at times they need to be able to lash out and say things that are difficult even though the, I was not the perpetrator, but to be there on behalf of Christ, to love them where they're at, and to know that God loves them so much. And once they know that they are in control again, they have freedom. The love of Christ enters into their hearts, and they are recreated anew because they believe in themselves again. And what was stolen away for them 
is now restored by the power of Christ. And all we need to do is love them. To not take their words to us personally. To be patient. To pray and pray and offer sacrifices. And God will work it out. And he does for those who are open. My brothers and sisters, the call for us is to be like St. Paul as best we can, to be all things to all people, to not be thinking about ourselves, but to be thinking of others. And the more we focus outwardly, the happier we become. Because when we turn outwardly to God, he fills us with himself because we're allowing that space and room in our hearts. And then the nature of that love is it seeks the good of the other regardless of the consequence. Who cares what people think of Catholics, of you or me? All that matters is that who we are in God is his beloved adopted sons and daughters, created in his image and likeness for great things, and to be the ambassadors of love in the world, in our own little place, our own little world, and to open up all of our fears of inadequacies, all the judgments others may make, and to never be afraid to be a bearer of the gospel of good news. Not with a face of drudgery, but with a face of Christ, as Jesus would look upon compassion for those who were in need, as he would step into the gap to fill the wounds to drive out the demons. God will give you and I the graces for our vocation and the supernatural virtue to allow his work to continue to unfold in the world. What a gift it is to be a beloved adopted son and daughter. Enjoy the graces. Let the Spirit be released. The Holy Spirit will renew the face of the earth.